I'm Rihanna Dillon and this is The Guru. Bringing characters to life is key to creating engaging film and TV. Casting the perfect performer or working with an actor to create the look of their character are processes which are closely linked, but casting directors and hair and makeup designers never meet. Until now. BAFTA Guru played matchmaker and set up multiple BAFTA-nominated hair and makeup designer Ivana Primorak with Carmel Cochrane. Ivana helped create iconic looks as varied as Anna Karenina, Virginia Woolf and Steve Jobs, and most recently for Netflix mega-series The Crown, where she helped bring a young Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip to life. Carmel began her career as a casting assistant, working on films like The King's Speech, before becoming a casting director with credits that include debuts like Hong Kao's BAFTA-nominated Lilting, Robert Eggers' Sundance winner The Witch, and The Leveling by Hope Dixon Leach, which premiered at Toronto Film Festival in 2016. Here is an extract of their chat, starting with the simple, what is your job? I come from a very academic family and, and I didn't really want to go that route at yeah. that age. So I really thought long and hard what I'd like to do and I came home one day and said I'd like to be a makeup artist, makeup designer actually. I wanted to t- turn people into different characters they're all like, oh, does that job exist? What does she want to do? That's terrible, you, can, you can't make a living. So I had to explain to them that it's not just putting makeup on people to make them look pretty. It's basically, I just want to make people look different and be different people. Yeah, my mum still thought that I was, you know, going to go to uni and be a doctor or a lawyer until very, very recently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she she never understood what I did as a job. And then she went to see King's Speech and saw my name in the credits. And finally, she kind of, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> understood <laughs> well I would say if you have 150 300 people making a movie eventually you have only two people making that movie so it's a 50% of the finished product comes from a small room with a couple of people in it yeah so I would say they are the true filmmakers we're all just material gatherers I have a huge respect for that side of the process because we all think making a movie is what we do shooting it, but actually it really isn't. It's yeah. just getting the raw material. And then that movie gets literally made in the cutting room. Yeah. You know, I've seen parts change. I've seen parts develop. I've seen parts disappear. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you create a story that's sometimes not in the script or enhanced. It's, it, it's literally made in the cutting room. We just compile all the material, but we think it's all about us, but it really... Is not. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it would be taking what you thought was your job of making people look pretty or making people you know, look amazing and totally reversing that and making people look the way that you think they're going to look, the way they, they come across in a story, the way they feel. So it's, it's not just the hair and pretty and eyelashes. There's a lot of kind no. of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Helping tell the story, helping tell the story, and yeah. sometimes that could mean stripping everything mm. off. But you need to be able to do that. Mm. That still needs work. Yeah. I had no idea this was a job. I was never really interested in film other than going to watch things at the cinema occasionally. I was really into fashion. I had got a scholarship to do law at Cambridge, so mm. I thought that. That was what I was going to go off and do. I went there. They tried to show us the rooms. And I said, oh, I'll be commuting every day from London. And they said, no, 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 
if, if you want to come here, you have to stay here. <laughs> and I said no. And so a friend of mine uh, was a director at the time, and he paid me £50 to go and take some photos of some kids for a, a Derrily pitch that he was working on. And um, I got total OCD, so he was going to pay me £50, and I thought, well, he, he'd only wanted six photos, and I just went... I lived in Shepherd's Bush at the time, and I just went and... Uh, took photos of all these kids and took their telephone numbers. I would probably be arrested now for yeah, what yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I literally stopped kids in parks, got all these photos and put them together on a CD, labelled them, gave them to the director, and he said, oh, you'd be a really good casting director. I was like, yeah, I don't even know what that is. I'm not bothered. His sister called me the next day and offered me a job, and again I said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm going to go to Ibiza for the summer, and uh, then my dad made me do it. <laughs> so... That's how I ended up doing costume. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, amazing. How amazing. <laughs> Out of nowhere, yeah. suddenly there was this opportunity. Yeah. But I sometimes think, I wonder if that's what's helped me and made me different to some. I've never acted. I've never really, you know, I really have to work hard at researching actors. At but you have to have real talent at that because... It's yeah, the kind of, hardest. It's I don't really hard. know where that's come from. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the side of the business that I know very little about yeah. because I don't have to go out. You get presented with people and you go, okay, so could this person be so and so? Yeah, and of course they can because there's a talent in that person to present themselves yeah. as that person. Quite often people say, who do you think could play this part? Yeah. And I'm the worst person <laughs> to answer that because of course I would then concentrate on the way they look, and it's not yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. It's about what you can do. I think that's where you come into it and there's, that's where you help because I could think, oh, this actress or actor could Be play brilliant. that if they have a bit of, you know, they need to be blonde or they need exactly. just other things that, that help, yeah. And that becomes quite hard now, nowadays. I think a lot of people kind of, uh, directors can't get past the way someone yeah. looks and can't really imagine someone playing a part because they're not blonde. Yeah. Or, because they're or they not, haven't been that before. Or haven't been there before, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that does, you know, and I think the most experienced directors go down that route and need persuading sometimes. Mm. I mean, it happened to me very recently when I did Steve Jobs. It was, that was a kind of situation that we had. I think that some, they were looking at, totally opposite people yeah. than what they ended up with. And, uh, it's always the way. Sometimes is the way, isn't it? And sometimes it's more... But I have so much respect for that job because I am so terrible at it. <laughs> so that's why, I think. And also because you guys are going to see so many people at different theatres and you know all the young people yeah. coming out, which is sort of amazing. Because I was an academic, I also did a year of law. Yeah. And I slept uh, for that year. Taught law, Every that's Every yeah. time I opened the book uh, to try and study, I fell asleep. And my parents were like, well, she clearly can't do it. Yeah. And then I really thought about it and uh, I thought, well, I'd like to pursue the transformation of actors and see if I'm any good at it. And so I came and tried to train at the BBC and then they closed the school very soon after I joined. But that was the path. I literally actively tried to see if I was any good at it. And I worked with amazing people. It was a long apprenticeship and I kind of did it all right, I think. So <laughs> I can't say very well, but somehow it's a job amazing, that I really yeah. love doing. So it kind of worked. But I did try. I didn't fall into it like you. Yeah. I really, really, really tried yeah. actively to try and pursue the career that I really, really kind of fancied yeah. uh, watching all the movies that I watched. Just go above and beyond. Don't ever 
settle. You know, if you're asked to do something, I think a lot of the reason that I got to where I am today is because if someone asked me for A, I'd give them A plus 100. And, you know, sometimes that wasn't even looked at. Nobody really cared. But I think there were certain situations where the things that I did were off-piste and made me stand out. I think you have to do something like that. If you want to learn more and more and be very good yeah. at what you do, I think you always have to do that. I do always say we are different to generation now. And I, if someone has a wedding to go to on my team, I always try and make sure I let them go yeah, yeah. where we were never allowed to do yeah. anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I think we're a sort of different generation of people who are mothers, who also have... A bit you know, more you flexible. Can, and you can, do all, you can do it all, I think. Yeah. But ultimately, there's a lot of people who drop out because they're not totally dedicated. Yeah. And I think that's what, in the end, it comes down to, is that complete dedication yeah. to the project and to that little bit of extra that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if something's not working out, you need to just work, I don't know how many hours extra to make yeah. it work. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I remember when I started and I finally realised what my job was, I then looked at other jobs and I thought, OK, well, there's wardrobe there's costume there's production designer there's all these other things that I knew nothing about and I kind of looked into all of them at various different points so I think it's knowing that you might be interning as a scriptwriter, but you might then decide that you want to be an agent it's just keeping your options open as well and thinking mm. always thinking <laughs> yeah I've only worked for three people and each time it was pretty casual and just involved me turning up having a chat and then I started the same day apart from this one (laughs) more of a corporation without saying too much and uh, I had to go and it had started to rain I've got really naturally curly hair it was a panel of three and their first question was uh, how did you get here did you walk from the station or did you get a cab and I said I got a cab my hair the rain it doesn't it doesn't go (laughs) and I had gold shoes on and all this gold jewelry they asked me what I was watching at the moment and I was really truthful and I said things like the OC and Desperate Housewives and all this American stuff. And they said, oh, but what about, you know, on our channel? And I said, the news and the weather. <laughs> I could just see it, it just started to get more, more and more awkward. And then, um, yeah, I didn't get that job. Afterwards, they asked me if I wanted feedback. You get a phone yeah, call yeah. if you want feedback. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? And I mean, their feedback was horrendous. I, I wish I'd never asked for it. Because they highlighted all this stuff that I'd never even thought about. I just mm. thought that I was fun and quirky, but it was all the negatives of why that wouldn't work in the institute, as it were. But that's why it's so important to, be, to fit into the right yeah, project, yeah. I would never, I would, never, I would never have lasted. I would company. never have lasted. Exactly. I, would, I would have been out of there yeah. in a month max. When I went to work for Nina Gold, I remember sitting on her sofa. <laughs> we started talking about curtains and boots, and I thought, this is, this is great. And kind of how I interview whoever ends up coming to work for me, we talk about everything other than work. Yeah. And I get a sense of their personality and whether they're going to fit in and whether they're going to be ordering burgers with us on a Friday. Or... Yeah. Well, I've got lots and lots of funny situations, like going for an interview with Kevin Spacey in a hotel in Hoburn. I live in just the other side of by Chancery Lane Station. And I got caught in the rain between <laughs> Chancery Lane Station and Hoburn, which is like... Five minutes. Five <laughs> seconds. And I arrived completely wet, completely, completely, completely wet. And it was quite awkward. So I'm sitting there dripping. Then when I interviewed with Patrice Chereau, who, I mean, I was like, Lorraine Margot is one of my favourite films in the yeah. world. And he wanted to know what I've done before. And I didn't know how to present what I'd done. And I thought, 
if I butchered the films that I've done into snippets of makeup, he sort of felt bad. So I brought all these DVDs and I dumped them <laughs> on his desk. And he sort of thought, as I was saying, watched my films. <laughs> so I just wanted to say what I've done and, and not have it written because he had my CV. Yeah. So but I just wanted to see these a piece of paper. I don't know why yeah. I did that. I just sort of dumped this tower of DVDs going, that's what I've done. And But they all ended, I have to say, I've never had... I've never worked for the wrong person, as yeah, it were. Yeah, yeah. I think I've always been very... I wanted to. There's a couple of jobs I didn't get, and I think, thank God, I didn't. I always think what's meant for you is meant for you. Yeah, but there are some pretty funny. And then I had, I had funny situations when I went for an interview with Milos Foreman about a film that no one's... Hardly anyone's ever seen. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, <laughs> called Goya's Ghosts. Oh, my God, it was a really hard I've heard film. about it, I've not seen it, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, when I went to meet him, he said, so, you did that film called Mountain. What an... Earth, did you do to Nicole Hidman? She looked dreadful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well. And so I had to tell him the story of what happened there. So that sometimes that happens. And then you sort of, by telling the story of how hard it is to yeah. set certain characters and how some people really didn't think that it was appropriate or didn't... It affects people hugely. And yeah. that was one of the examples, I think, that a lot of people mentioned, but... Milos Forman particularly thought that was <laughs> that she was too golden and shiny and <laughs> beautiful and Hollywood-like, and you know, and yeah, she was probably. But I think it's an interesting thing that people can people do watch what you do, and yeah, people yeah. do follow in an interview. Someone will tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can take it sometimes, but they do. No, exactly. just literally come from work and prepping a, a yet another difficult film. My mum and my family always remind me that I always say, this is the most difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I obviously do say that. And then you go back for more. It doesn't feel that it was that horrendous. Yeah. But there's certain situations where you feel, I don't know how I'm going to solve this problem. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. And I don't know how this is going to look and how this is going to yeah. go. So there's been a few of them. But in retrospect, I've enjoyed every single film I've done. And I always think, oh, I could have done that a little bit better. You yeah. can always move on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm never kind of... Take it positively. Yeah, it? I'm not desperate. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't hate what I've done. So it's a, always a positive experience. But at the moment, I think, oh, my God, how am I going to pull this off? Yeah. So there is always a difficult situation to yeah. solve, I suppose. Yeah. You I'd... must have that. You must have it all the time. Directors calling, going... We can't, it's a disaster every time. Yeah, I do, but I, I kind of feel the same. Mm. Yesterday's problem, today's a new one. You kind of get over it and move on to something else. I do a lot of commercials, so there's always a problem, always. And I always think, oh, I would never do a job like that again. And then I have a month off, and then someone calls me and says, oh, we need to find 50 people that speak Mandarin. I think just... When jobs aren't going right and being in a office, if it's not mine, it's, you know, it's somebody else's, till three or four o'clock in the morning with boards and just thinking you want bed and some food. I think those have been the worst jobs, the ones that kind of go overnight into early morning, and that's mostly commercials. Yeah, it must be, yeah, it must be quite uh, yeah. deadline heavy. Yeah, and it is one specific director that it seems to happen a lot, but then, you know, I absolutely love him. And so every job I would do, probably for free if they asked me to, but uh, it's hard work. I know that I'm not going to sleep for a month, I know that I'm not going to have any spare time, and I'm going to get texts at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning saying that I should go and... <sighs> 
see a car boot fair in King's Cross because he thinks that they've got some really interesting faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, those, those, those jobs. You get another job and you become excited by it. So I never have time to think about what went... There, there are certain jobs where I definitely have taken a knocking confidence. But it seems like just as that wave passes, I then have something amazing happen. So that outweighs any kind of negativity that once was. And I think as well, just having, having exciting projects mm. coming up, there's always something to look forward to. It's sometimes, I think the worst moment for me, it doesn't happen very often, but it sometimes happens that people describe what they're looking for and what they want, and it's actually not that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, and it happens when you, when you just, if you can imagine how people describe colour or art or any feeling, yeah. the words sometimes don't describe what people really, really no. mean. And, and sometimes they, contra- totally and they contradict. contradict. So yeah. you're looking for someone with brown hair and feisty, and actually they want blonde, very yeah. vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And that can happen with hair colour. It can happen with anything, anything that people are trying to describe or even show you references yeah. of something and actually is not that at all. It's just part of what they're feeling. So if you spend all your time getting something that's totally wrong, it's probably, for me, the worst experience yeah. because you think, well, I'm failing because... But then you have You're to turn the that onto the, yeah. onto the, the uh, you have to turn that upside down and find the right way around and recognize that mm. and recognize the fact that I think that only happens with that hard work, even if it's three in the morning or four in the morning, yeah. because that's when you find the answer and you can prove to that person, help them crystallize help them their, yeah, yeah. their thought process or their feeling or whatever they might want. Yeah. But it's awful when that happens in front of the crew or last minute or in the morning or when yeah. you're shooting or anything Super like that. It's just awful. But I think usually, because you discuss all those things beforehand, usually you do have through the night to fix it or somehow it does all yeah. happen. But I think it's, that's the hardest communication. is such a huge part of our yeah. job that it becomes sometimes very, very difficult. And I think that's something that I would say we all become quite good at, uh, is, is knowing how to converse with each other to try and make sure that we know that we're thinking about the same thing or what are we really defining your terms or just knowing what you're talking about because it is all emotional there's definitely stories and periods and uh, things i've done before that i'm not really that drawn to anymore i somehow have got to be known for someone who does a lot of character transformation so there's always some challenging thing to do and that definitely does draw me to being interested in the film and interestingly I just did a film that was very very light for makeup and hair design but it was an amazing experience from every other aspect and I really enjoyed it and wanted to do it to experience other filmmakers genius but for me it was very 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 easy now I can't do that very often because I'd be bored but it was an amazing new experience to also enjoy and facilitate yeah what those filmmakers needed because I you know I think I could help and make it simpler make it work better but ultimately my job usually is total transformation and you know no one ever walks in and sits in front of the camera yeah I think that's the thing I think I look for interesting characters interesting stories obviously the dialogue I find that I need to read it in one go yeah if I read it in one go it's something that I want to do if it's something that I have to keep coming back to and that I start you know every evening for two weeks 
it's probably not the right film for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I don't understand it or I don't want to understand it. Or, yeah. yeah. Stuff that's a challenge as well. I think I read Lilting and I was just sitting there thinking, oh, this would be an awful thing to cast because you need two Mandarin speakers and, you know, the poor person that's going to end up casting this, which did end up being me, but I really enjoyed the story. And yeah. uh, I don't really think of, well, how are they going to find that five-year-old that can speak Arabic and cry on demand. I kind of just think of it as a, yeah. as a story and would I want to watch it is, is my yeah. ultimate. But it is amazing what kind of fabulous, amazing people you can find. Yeah. I mean, on, on yeah. every single challenging script I read, there is always a person yeah. who can fit that yeah. one way or another. Yeah, that, whether so. it's hair and makeup or if it's casting, or is an older yeah. child that's nine but looks like he's five, or you know, there's all <laughs> yeah, sorts there's of a lot things of that, that you can a lot do. Of that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's easier for me in a sense because I already am presented with someone who people believe is a talent to portray that role. Yeah. Then I have the confidence yeah. that that person. I can help that person become what we all want the, uh, that person to be. So I find that it's gratifying, I think, and, it's in it, in, and it gives you pleasure to kind of enhance and help that person just that last bit. To find someone from scratch and persuade people that that person is the right person, to me, seems harder. Because, you know, every morning, then this morning I had three actors come and see you and they looked absolutely nothing like the person, but I know what they should be. Yeah. So it was easy for me. For me, probably the hardest thing would be for someone to say, make me look pretty uh, for my wedding, because I'd go, well, yeah. what character are you playing? <laughs> or Yourself. You... Yeah. Exactly. That's quite hard for me, because I like having that story in my head of knowing, do we want to make her look feist? This morning I had an actress who's playing a, a typist in Churchill's War Rooms. Mm -hmm. So is she going to be feisty and quite a little bit from East End or Northern, or is she going to be quite a meek little girl with, an, with the, her character comes through? All those things you could do yeah. with a colour hair. Yeah. So we've got every option the director chose. But that's fun, because you can go yeah. between us. We were like, well, how do you want to play her? And <laughs> she's like, well, I'm not sure yet. Maybe if she's Northern, maybe she's better like this. And that's a brilliantly fun thing that you can bounce off Yeah, that would be great actor. to see that. Yeah, that's I, don't, I don't get to see that side of things. Yeah. Yeah. But if you know that this actress can absolutely... She could be, she could be anything. She could be, and she will have this little character that will, the story of her character will develop as she's learning to play the part or deciding with the director how to play it. It'll become great fun and her hair will help her yeah or her makeup will help her and I enjoyed that bit when I read something in a script and the kind of directors that I work with nine times out of ten I disagree with yeah it's interesting yeah or I don't think I do it on purpose to kind of be perverse or to be controversial but I just like to, they'll have an idea in their head they'll say you know we want so and so and now I know that so and so is an x-men and never going to do their their budget so I'll say, okay, well, how about you get the next new version of that person? Yeah. And, and so it's trying to convince directors of other options and trying to show them the way that I watch films, the way that I cast films, is I, I would never want to have the same person in the last five films that I cast. Even if they were the best person, I would be bored of it. I would not want to, I would not want to do the film. It's always finding different offbeat, quirky, mm. the unusual Mm. The unsuspecting. I find that more interesting. I find it more interesting when I'm watching film to sit there looking up going, oh, who's that person? And it'll be because of things that you've done. It'll be hair and makeup and the way that they're acting. I'll be like, oh, that's mm -hmm. that person. Totally doesn't look like them. They're playing a part that wasn't 
yeah. a typecast part for them. But we always go through, we must all go through this awful, boring thing of we have to know, we have to have film full of stars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. we all get bored of that. Yeah. And then we get excited about discovering new... The, the new wave. New. And yeah. so it's a constant battle between that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's striking that's the right you, balance between yeah. the two of having... And you trying to persuade directors to have the confidence to go for, yeah. for that is a very vulnerable place in the preparation for any film. Because they're is. all... Everyone's scared. Yeah. And a lot of the directors that I work with are first time or at the very beginnings of their career where I think it means more... Or maybe yeah, it doesn't. Maybe, I don't maybe know. It's, maybe... Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So very, very interesting. Have you seen The Greasy Strangler? No. So I got major casting envy watching that, because I knew none of them. I mean, I'd never seen a single person in that film, and I watched it thinking, ah, I wish I'd done this, this is incredible. Yeah. yeah. But then, every, well, quite a lot of people hated the film, but I, I loved it. So yeah, I think, yeah, any, any kind of unusual characters, I often watch a lot of stuff and think, I wish, I wish that I was casting that, I wish mm. I had done that. But normally they're, you know, a little odd characters like any of the kids in Stranger Things yeah 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 yeah. exactly oh my god that, but that's my preference yeah. I don't do very well in uh, superheroes yeah and I don't do very well when uh, the characters are made I suppose in some concept room yeah. somewhere because I, if, I, if I don't really care yeah like the kids in uh, Stranger Things you, you get to know them very quickly and the way they look and the way they were cast for their qualities is yeah. so important yeah, and yeah. that's my favourite bit yeah. I don't really care and it seems like they cast the children and worked out other things yeah. around yeah. around that. It depends on director, it depends on the situation, but a lot of the time we'll tape actors and actresses in our office. We'll get a sense of them as a person and then we'll send through... We send through everything. I think some other casting directors do it differently and they edit, but I don't edit anything. Partly due to my laziness, <laughs> but also... Just, I just show it. Or you can skip bits that you don't like, you can fast forward. But I always find that I'm interested in the bits where they get it wrong mm -hmm. and the bits where they pause and the bits where they think you're not filming them and we've accidentally set record because you get to see them in between character and then switch back to it. And that's what I find really interesting. We then will talk to the director about our shortlist and sometimes we agree, sometimes we really don't. And that's when it's difficult because... I had a director the other day say, well, why did you show me this person if you don't like them? And I thought, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I like this other person better. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's always interesting. But a lot of stuff is online and a lot of video clips mm -hmm. are exchanged. Is that kind of the same way that you... Well, for me, it sort of obviously comes... Uh, it all comes from the story and a lot of research. Yeah. So I will compile a whole lot of research and present that to the director yeah. and it's usually quite clear from the story what we're all trying to make that person into because there's always some sort of a stage direction or something that will tell you enough but there are some films where you you know where, where you want to not give the game away and yeah. make the person look the opposite from what they'll then become yeah and that's also fun but that's the usually I present a director with my thoughts and my designs and my ideas and uh, then we'll try it out and see if we like that or not and then the actors all usually will come in with their own ideas as well. Yeah. So it comes from a practical lookbook of ideas into then practical tests. So that's always my favourite bit.
I think because, I, like I said, I wasn't necessarily a theatrical or, you know, I was never an actress, I can find inspiration from anything. So we were working on a film recently and uh, one of the characters was a woman in a morgue and I had just read... I think I was on the bus or something, I'd read an article about Nana Cherry, so I called the director. I was like, Nana Cherry would be great for this woman in the morgue. And the director said, well, can she act? I said, oh, I don't know. And so what actually... I mean, we didn't end up casting Nana Cherry, but we ended up casting Mixed Race, kind of musician. Amazing, and, yes. And, and that was literally something that just happened because I was reading something on the bus. It can also be people that I've seen. I get a lot of inspiration and reference from music videos. I kind of grew up Mm -hmm. in that 90s MTV Hype Williams music video land. So I think there's always an element of that in things that I do and and, and my references for things. But anyway, music is actually weirdly quite a, a big inspiration for me. Yeah, I need to look at I need to go, uh, look at music um, videos more than I used to. Yeah. Always. Now I don't go there as often, but that is definitely. I, I think the, now that they're not so good, they're not as good. But they're still. I still yeah. sort of don't because they're not on your television. You yeah. have to go somewhere to yeah. look at them, and 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 I should more because that's where the raw new talent is. That's where you find out what's kind of happening. Yeah, in and, and and things that have been made on such a small budget, mm. but actually look amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. That's also always more interesting than anything that's. Uh, yeah, I mean anything really. I mean, I you know, I go to a lot of things and a lot of galleries and you know, like we all do, yeah. I suppose. But it is usually something that you read somewhere or you yeah. see something that doesn't fit at all completely yeah. that inspires you. For and that. I think That's yeah, not the, the kind obvious. of wider culture. Yeah. I go to the theatre a lot, but I'm just thinking that I can't say that any of the casting choices that I've made have necessarily been influenced by things that I've seen at the theatre. It's more. Mm weird kooky short films and seeing yeah. people in the street and yeah the other day something in the paper something that you the other read, day something. i was in a bar and the waiter was an actor and we ended up casting him because i had seen him that evening <laughs> while i was drunk i don't know yeah yeah i mean that's yeah it literally is how it works luck of the draw yeah yeah it's very interesting weird I remember when I was working for someone and we were working on this massive Ridley Scott film and I, <laughs> all I had to do as casting assistant was turn up, open the laptop, get to the right markers on the DVD or whatever it was that I was using. So I had a whole list of time codes and um, I skipped to the wrong time code and it was a totally different actor and everyone just kind of sat there for a minute. And we ended up casting the actor that I'd skipped to the time code. But I mean, it was really awful. It was a, really, wow. it was a totally different, totally different character, totally different. You know, luckily Ridley was a uh, kind. It, it was a person that he'd already cast before. I just totally. I think I'd I'd missed the time codes by about a minute on every single one. So uh, this was like the fourth person that I'd done it with, and I could just see everyone was getting very <laughs> anxious. And what is she doing? But luckily, uh, yeah, he got the part. I'd say it's changed his career. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that's amazing. Yeah. That probably in my job happens a lot. Certain things don't go the way you want them to and then suddenly it's okay. Your example, I think, is a very good example. I mean, there are many situations where actors have pulled out because especially foreign-speaking actors mm. tend to get cold feet about acting in English. Yeah. And then you have to swap them last minute for some other actors who are totally opposite yeah. the director's set. And then you make them into a character you never dreamt yeah. 
just to save the production content <laughs> yeah. of the so that happens a lot that's happened quite a few times and yeah. that's quite kind of it's not a mistake that happens but it's something that that happens that you can kind of then turn the whole yeah. thing upside down and it's sort of happened again on something i did recently there's a lot of foreign actors i think who international actors who find certain amount of speaking in english quite challenging yeah and then you kind of have to change your and they sign up and then they go all yeah. the way through the fittings the whole yeah. lot and then he's like oh i don't think he's going to do it anymore yeah. <gasps> heartbreaking that's heartbreaking but it's also i think it's also amazing how obviously we're more and more international yeah. in lots of ways yeah and that happened recently on a film we had an actor lined up to do it and he dropped out a week before and up until that point he was perfect we wouldn't have been able to think of anyone else we got a different actor and he was amazing sometimes it works out sometimes it works out yeah